0: Welcome back to the Double Click podcast. On today's episode, we continue our series on doubts, this time talking about church. All right, so we're kind of going through a series talking about doubts. Mm-hmm. And we started out talking about one one of the aspects we're going to cross is the faith line, like Mm -hmm. do you believe in coincidences, God Mm -hmm. has a plan, et cetera. And so if you're just catching up, you're catching up randomly, you probably want to go back and listen to the previous two just so going calls. We're going to brush by a couple of topics and words and go, oh, yeah, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. But uh, this week really what we're talking about is the church. And let's let's define that out because I think that has multiple meanings. And so we're going to kind of move away from the uh, big picture, like scriptural, global, or, or, or universal church, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean like universalism. That means like the church for all time. Big C. Church. Big C church. Yeah. And we're going to talk about more of the little C church, yeah. which can mean a group of churches yeah. or churches within the area. But I think as a believer, just like last week I talked about, there there's this routine doubt point I hit with Scripture mm-hmm. that I wrestle through about like every, every year it comes back mm-hmm. up. I think
1: another rhythmic... Doubt and rebuild that is there is with the church. Yeah, and and I want to say this too. I, from what I understand, this isn't about a specific church or group of churches. Even though we're not talking right. about the big C, we're talking about little C. This is our experience in little C churches or other people's experiences that have come to us and gone. Hey, these are some things I'm wrestling with, and and I don't I don't know that I I agree that it all starts here, but I do think church doubt kind of leads to the other doubts that we have talked about and that we might talk about, you know, I think it kind of, yeah. Cause, because I remember being in churches as a kid and things happen. Right. And that kind of snowballs this, yep. this doubt and this questioning in our mind of, is this all that I thought it was or that it, that it's cracked. Yeah. Up and I be.
0: think that's where like, we, we have to acknowledge something right at the gate. Um, and this is one of those like when it's you personal and i'm going to say the, i'm gonna say the word truth and i'm not going to get into like the multiple meanings that has in the world today but the truth that we we know is that as a believer like god didn't decide it for you to live alone meaning apart from other people right because that isolation just doesn't work and it leads to a natural falling away mm-hmm. like without other
1: believers in your life you're you're going to you're going to drift Well, we see in the in the bible this picture of the body with different parts and different yep. functions, and it needs, it needs we need each other to function as the way God intended.
0: Yeah, and so I think when we first start to talk about the doubts, um, the first one we kind of want to go to, and this was one that that you and me talked about, like actually having a guest, like mm-hmm. having somebody who's not employed of the of the church, yep. just to talk through, like, hey, what does regular attendance look like? What does what does the mood feel like when you wake up in the morning? Because it's been twenty years since mm-hmm. I woke up in the morning and had the option to debate do I want to get my head off the pillow and make it to the service <laughs> right. or not? You know, And then right. I was in college and bedside Baptist jokes, all those things. But I think where the first doubt kind of comes in is, and this one is a lot closer to home, because in our role we have to absolutely go above and beyond to seek out that small group community. Mm. Like it's not something, there are too many times we can step into a room that is quote unquote small group and become the leaders. Right. Um, And you and me wrestled that last year. And so we've got to go above and beyond to not just oversee the administration aspect, but we've got to dive in with people and go above and beyond to do that. And so I think there is routinely, and this is some of my personality, like some of my personality is like I I, I recharge being away from people, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so there's some of it that goes like, man, is it really worth it? (laughs) Yeah, You know, like I really do doubt, like on my – and we use these, this phrase in Western culture all the time. Like, I feel like I don't have the energy for that.
1: Yeah, church would be great if there weren't so many people. Oh, that, yeah, absolutely. You know? like, yeah. <laughs> but then it wouldn't be church. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. And I think that's
0: where I will all the time have to remind myself it's worth the effort. Mm-hmm. And the way that I do that is really I have to remember those one or two relationships that I have that are lifelong relationships. And all of them go back to... I was engaged with the church, and I met this individual in a small group, or we met serving, doing something, and boom, I go back and I go, you know what? If it wasn't for me pushing through the doubt in my head, you know, and then I think also like, and this could break into another conversation, like I think everybody walks into the room with unrealistic expectations. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so when we flip this to the to a non-believer side, I think one of the there's two responses I have gotten when I have attempted to invite someone who is not involved in church at all or who used to be in church and is not. There are two main doubts or responses that I get. And the first one is this, is and, and it's the same rhythm. I, I used to be involved at a church. Or I used to go to a church. And then X person said this thing to me or did this thing, and I hadn't been back in 30 years. Yeah. And that one, I'm just like that one blows me away because I always feel like I'm stuck in that conversation. Because I remember, you know, we moved into a new house and I was meeting a neighbor, and this guy was like 87, mm. and we got into the hey, what do you do, and all this stuff. And he's like, well, I'm a pastor. And I was like, well, you know, hey, do you have, you have a church in the area? Da da da. And he's like, well, I used to, but that pastor told me one time, and he rattled something off, and he goes, and I hadn't been back, and he said, no, it was 35 years ago. Wow. And in my head, that's very wrecking. Yeah. Because I go, okay, so one. And we've talked about this. Like the church is full of broken people, yeah. including leaders. Yeah. Like we don't have it all figured out. Nope. And I think that's one of those where like you've 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 got to be able to look past mm-hmm. the one individual. Mm-hmm. Like you are going to encounter people within the body of Christ who have not been one hundred percent sanctified yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That, I mean, that's what. Yep. That that's what fills up the church. That's what. Yeah. That's that's honestly. We hope that we have people further along in their sanctification, but that's who's leading our churches. That's pastors or people that's too. We did a podcast me, yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we are being sanctified each and every day by the grace of God. But that really, my personality, that really frustrates me, because I am a reconciler. I mm-hmm. am someone who believes that God can really redeem any relationship, and I grew up hearing those things of 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 church hurt and well this person and that person and they said or they didn't say or they visited or they didn't visit and and we put people so much on a pedestal that I really just want to take people by their shoulders and shake them and go, who are you here for? You know? Mm. And to me it's that simple. And I know for everybody it's not that simple, but I have a really hard time and and I've been in those situations. I've been really hurt by people in the church. I've been that person in that in the room but it always comes back to it's not about that person. Yep. It's not about me, them meeting some expectation for me or me meeting some expectation for them. I'm not even there for the, the senior pastor, the person. Li- like I'm there for, for God, for Jesus. You know, yeah. I'm there to worship Him yep. and lift Him high. And so I don't know. I have a really hard time with that one because to me it's just as easy as going, hey, there, that's pride in you, and you're there for the wrong reasons, and you need to correct that.
0: Yeah, and I think part of like you said this word and it immediately jumped out. It's the reconciliation factor. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and
0: I've you and me have talked about this. I think I think off mic before. But one of the number one signs I can tell somebody is getting ready to bail mm. on church is a tension comes up, which it does with everybody. You mm-hmm. wonder why? Because there's people involved right. and we're imperfect, right? And it can be minor, major, whatever. But somebody will develop a pattern of not seeking reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And here's my guess. Okay, so I'm going to say this little little side note. I would be willing to bet that there are a few people, probably a lot of people listening, that when we talk about conflict, or I'll even put it this way, a question mark. Mm. You know, you see some, you know, like this week, some report that comes out about the convention, or mm-hmm. you hear about things that somebody at church used to be involved in or you see them behave in a certain way in public or they say something, maybe it's more direct mm-hmm. and it creates a question mark or a doubt or a frustration and we just sit on it yep. and we believe all those We we, we and it's weird because there's kind of this nice little we're trying to be nice and I think a lot of times we try to be nice instead of loving and so mm. we don't want to stir the pot and we mm-hmm. don't want to create conflict and we don't want to be a headache but the deal is, is if you're not at a point where you're willing to go reconcile, yeah.
1: you're on your way out the door. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we have a a, a code that we kind of live by that silence creates its own narrative, right? Yeah, yeah. that's and one of you, staff you, it, culture codes. Yeah, and if you are silent with it, then if you're not addressing it, then people are free to think whatever they want to think about certain yeah. things. And and I think when that news hits, when you have whether it's a national news scandal or it's something individual that's happened to you and you find yourself going, see, that person's just normal. They're just like everybody else. That's the point. Yep. You know, that is the point is that we are normal. The church is full of normal, broken, sinful people, and we all need help, and that's why we're here. Or that should be why we're here. Yep. Now, I know in the, in the world today, a lot of our churches, they're super polished, and they've got all the pretty people on stage, and, and everything seems to be completely perfect. Um, that's not that's not what church is I mean that that's that's a part of it but you know I'm not doubting every church that 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 looks that way or, or operates that way but church I mean you've heard the old what is the old saying like um uh, church is a, is a hospital not a like a like a club or, or whatever yeah. you know it's it's for those broken people who need to come in and we need to be okay with being not okay and telling people that
0: yeah and I think that's it I think there's and maybe that's that's the punchline, like when you start to have doubts on church, you need to be okay not being okay yeah, but
1: go ahead because I think there's
0: i'm gonna I'm gonna jump to the other side of this equation, but I think one of the things that I think I heard somebody say this, I probably stole this, but one of the things I've always got to keep in mind is no one has sinned against you more than you've sinned against God mm-hmm. right, and so that's a motivator to me to go, you know what. I can have a conversation yep. with them. Like, yep. God has forgiven me. I can step in. And what happens is when we let silence create the narrative, it just amps up the aggression and the anger and the, you're driving down the road telling somebody off in your head and all of a sudden it creates this unrealistic, unaddressed thing, Yeah, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I think those are good um, illustrations of, of us and others or our doubts with other people. But I also think that, Things stem from a place of I can't go into church not not because someone else has hurt me or because of whatever, but because they they can't accept yeah. me for who I am. Like I think we also doubt within ourselves. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be somebody else that we're battling. Yep, it's an internal. They can't accept me. I can't go. I can't darken the door of that church because. I'm just not even good enough to walk in. Right. And I know? think
0: that's, um. You, let's go to the, uh, because that's the other side of the coin, right? So the one side is, I have doubts because of who these people are. Right. <laughs> and the other ones, I have doubts because of who I men. am. Yep. Right? And I think one, one conversation, and this was like crazy alarming to me, because this is the other one when I talk to people who aren't engaged, involved with the church, um, you know, and, and this is believer, non-believer, but, um, on very different ends of the spectrum. Like I remember having a conversation with um, somebody and realized they weren't involved in church and there was some spiritual conversation that had happened. And so I knew there was some baseline belief in God. But I started to talk to them and long conversation back and forth over a period of months, different times we'd seen each other, you know. And finally got to the point, well, hey, well, why don't you, I said, I said you know, you're not involved in church. And I kind of, this this was kind of like trying to, Trying to, one, I did need their honest opinion. I said, so when was the last time you were in church? And she was like, uh, when my mom took me when I was seven. Mm. I said, wow, so you haven't been to church in a long time. I said, so here's the thing. Could you do me a favor? I said, like, you don't even have to stay for a service. I said, like, I just want to know from somebody who has not been in church, what is it like to walk through the door of our building on a Sunday morning? Mm. And so all I was asking her to do was, like, hey, just seriously, like, you're going to be around the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Would you just walk into the lobby? Mm-hmm. Look around, mm-hmm. see how it feels. You don't have to go to the service. You don't have to stay, but I just want your honest feedback on what right. that feels like. Right. And all of a sudden, her tone changed, mm-hmm. and she was like, "No, I can't do that. like panic, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i'm like I'm sitting there and I'm like a I'm little bit shocked, and I'm like, "What just happened?" And all this, and the conversation shut down everything and And she kind of ran off this line. She's like, "Oh, absolutely not. She's like, "You know where it would freeze over if I walked into that building." And I was like, "Whoa." And I've had that conversation probably three or four different times, from different people, different backgrounds. That there is this conflict within them that they've been in church like twenty, thirty, even forty years ago, but that they would not be accepted when they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. And it's that same line of that expectation of the people around you is just flipped on the other coin. And that's where I go, like, man, I, I. That's crazy to me, but I think that's because I've been soaked in the reality that Jesus has forgiven me.
1: Yeah, we we live in that not not just week to week as believers, but day to day, and not just again as believers, but that's that's our job, you know. Like yeah. that's we we are immersed in that. But you you said something a while back about, and I'm not going to get the wording exactly right, but the expectations of of others, and the other side of the coin is our expectations of ourselves. And I, I just kind of wanted to go back and, and touch base on that because. Again, I am not trying to oversimplify whoever may be listening your struggle or struggles that I've I've even faced or I know others have faced. But when when our sights are on others, we miss the mark. When our sights are on ourselves, we miss the mark. Yep. We're not we're not coming to church for others, and we're not coming to be a part of the body of believers solely. Let me let me say that solely for other people and their approval. And we're not coming to church so we can just feel better about ourselves and have our sight set on ourselves. We are coming to church. We are coming to be a part of the body of believers to honor the Lord and to to be to be a part of the work that He has called us to be and to worship Him. And in and through that, we make connections with others. In and through that, we sanctify ourselves and we get uh, to be more and more like Jesus. And so, not trying to oversimplify it, but again, I would tell someone, yep. "Hey, it's not about you. You know, it's right. it's not about." keeping your eyes on yourself it's about turning your eyes to the lord and following him and i think again it's just it's that hard thing of surrendering our lives our desires our doubts like we, we always talk about surrendering our wants and the good things but we also need to surrender our doubts our fears yep. our anxieties all that needs to be surrendered unto god so that we can go hey i might not feel like i can step into this church but I'm going to, I might not, that person over there, the person at the last church I was at might, might might've hurt me, but you know what? It's not about how I feel. It's not about the past. Right. It's about honoring the Lord and stepping in now. And I think like, let's flip this. We spent a lot of time in the,
0: the kind of non, you know, somebody who's not a Christian conversation. I think when you flip that to the believer conversation or somebody who's been a long time Christian, I think that same effect still applies. Mm -hmm. Like we Mm -hmm. can be off rhythm with God. We can be struggling with a sin, whatever, And it will start to chip away at that, like, no, like it creates, you know, sin distanced us from God, right? And and that's that same metric. That's one of the ways it does it is it creates in us this I'm not good enough, not going to love me, like, type thing that pushes us away. And that's one of the things that I think in the last five years for me, God's really been working on. You know, it's like we think when we transgress... That all of a sudden God moves away. Well, that's not it. Right. We right. we're choosing to move away from Him. So all we got to do is come back, yeah. and it's a really hard mind game for us to come in. And I think
1: that's one of those footholds the enemy gets to create that doubt in us. Well, I think in a in a, in, a, in a non-believing, if you're not a believer, context, that manifests itself in a I'm not going to church. Uh, because of someone else, or because of my own doubts of my myself and my relationship with the Lord, and I, I can't do that. But for churchgoers, I won't even say for believers, but but believers and or churchgoers, I think that manifests itself in a different way. It looks like we do, church hopping, right? It looks like yeah, I got uncomfortable with somebody, or I've done something and people might know about it, or I can't I can't face myself, and so I'm going to this church, and and that's the reason why I said a little bit ago that we can't put our our eyes and our sights on others, and we can't put our eyes and our sights on ourselves because when we put them on ourselves, we become consumers, and we go to the church, and I'm going to get what I want, or these people are here to serve me, or or they're all looking at me, and it, and it puts everything on us, and so when something happens... I need to go 20 minutes down the road to the next church. And when something happens there or they don't meet that need, then I need to go to another church. And now, before you know it, you're not building community. You're not You're not invested in why does no one care? And why? The, and now you're starting to build these other doubts and expectations yeah, about what church yeah. is because you can't get over the hurdles.
0: Right, and I think that's one of those... Um, <laughs> I'll target a group of people right now. So, like, if you're uh, getting ready to graduate high school, you're going to be out of the student ministry, and you're getting ready to hit your 20s, <laughs> right? You're... Church world just changed, okay? Mm -hmm. There's not a dedicated program and a group of students who are people who are exactly where you are in life, doing four to five events a year and three programs a week, whatever. And so all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself, and this could be past the 20s too, because I think people are really good at this, of walking the tightrope of disconnected from church while still attending church enough. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think there's people that are really, really good. And I've been good at that at seasons in my life of being able to go like, Oh yeah, I'm going to church. I'm listening to the sermon every three weeks. Like, you know, like, like there's, there's that idea of where we're just connected enough to be able to answer the questions to ourselves. Cause I think that's who we're answering. It's not what somebody else asks. It's like, Oh no, I'm still connected, but we're not diving deep in the relationship Mm -hmm. with God and with his church. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another danger area, too, because I think that's where the doubt wins. Mm-hmm. And then we start to create this language that justifies it to ourselves. Oh, well, I—and and so this is when—and I'm guilty of this, too. Like, I'll take the way God made me language and strengths and weaknesses and personality test type thing, and I'll go—or spiritual gifts test, and I'll easily take those and I'll go, like, oh, well, that's, that's just not how I process Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that just doesn't work for me. Well, church isn't about mm-hmm. you, like
1: right, right, and it Absolutely. creates all these things. Yeah, yeah, and I think you you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I believe that you had some deep relationships, or you out, out of your stepping in and stepping through some some hurdles and things that you have some deep relationships that. That have once sustained throughout your your entire life or up to this point and have been very beneficial for you. You've been able to walk through things with these with these folks. That doesn't happen if we can't get past these doubts of church. That doesn't happen if we can't reconcile and forgive those that have hurt us. Yep. And that doesn't happen if we don't ever step into the door of a church and start to build those relationships. We have plenty of podcasts on how that's awkward, yep. and we have plenty of podcasts on how, how to do that with small groups and discipleship and, and all those things. Tons of resources out there. And, and maybe you have another practical as we wrap up to like to help people get past the church doubt. But it's one of those things, again, I feel like I'm trying to oversimplify all this, is that you just got to do it. You know, You just have to go find that person that's hurt you and go hey can we have a conversation yeah a a biblical edifying conversation not where you sit them down give them a cup of coffee and then berate them for half an hour but sit down and go hey this happened and we need to talk about it or if you're someone who's listening and you're going you know what the church is just out there for my money they're out there they just Mm. want to use me they can't accept me i can't be like them whatever those doubts may be give it a shot go put all those things on the shelf somewhere just put them put them aside and go give it a shot yeah. and go, go find a healthy Bible believing church. That's going to love you. that's going to teach you God's word and give it a shot. You know? Yeah. I mean? And I don't know, again, I don't know if that oversimplifies it, but well, I think like when I, when I process this, like, because there's this
0: tension on how you articulate the importance of church within the life of the believer. And mm-hmm. so I always get to these phrases. I'm like, you can't survive as a believer on your own, mm-hmm. you know, meaning apart from the people of God, but I think the reality is this. If you're going to grow in your relationship with God, you're going to have a deep relationship with God, you can't do that without. Like like the way he accomplishes that through us, let me put it this way, mm-hmm. is through the church. That's where faith becomes action. Mm-hmm. That's where you step into worship beside mm-hmm. other people. That's where you begin to talk about God with other people. That's where you begin to work together for the kingdom with other people. And so when you start to draw that out, when those doubts come in because we experience whatever it is, when we start to reason, when we hear like, you know, the news story, whatever, I think what starts to really sit and put that press on there on why it is so important is just like the way God is going to reach people is through the church. That's because his people are the church. Like right. you don't have an option. It's like being in a family. mm mm-hmm they're always going to be your parents. They're always going to be there. You're always going to be a part of it whether you you, you engage
1: or not, but when you engage, man, it's so rewarding. It's and, worth it. And as a believer, the encouraging thing is is you have a specific part to play. You are a part of the body as a whole, and it does not function to its full capacity without you. So if you're if you're new to believing and and maybe you haven't really you're new to this whole church thing, dive in and figure that out and see what god has for you and if you are a believer maybe you've been church hopping and maybe you just been harboring bitterness let go of that stuff find a find a, a healthy place for you to settle in serve and be the part of the body that god wants you to be because there's nothing else quite like it so uh again not trying to oversimplify things but but just get out there and do it you know
0: Yeah, awesome.
1: Well, we thank you for listening. If you have a question, listen
0: up. This is going to shift gears real quick. Hit us up in an email, justin at doubleclickpodcast.com or matt at doubleclickpodcast.com. Yes, we've lost our minds, (laughs) and we will see you next week.